This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. We can get foggy-headed. Some people can even get, you know, tempered. So what most people do is they then eat more without even knowing it. They're on this roller coaster all day long. So it's up and down and up and down. And that up and down is up in energy, up in mood for 20 minutes and then down. And they're feeling worse. And then they're chasing the sugar, chasing the sugar, chasing the sugar. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Bussin, And we're here to talk about your health and wellness-related issues. On today's show, we're going to discuss the health benefits of milk thistle. Then we're going to learn why it's so important to reduce sugar in your diet. And lastly, we're going to review the cookbooks that will help you achieve your healthy goals in 2018. But first, a little bit of business. Today's sponsor is Purely Natural. Purely Natural is a family-owned Canadian company of fourth-generation master herbalists, which has been in business for over 100 years. They've been working with Tonic Magazine for over 10 years, and in particular, writing for Tonic, heading up our preventative medicine column for over seven years. Purely Natural is one of the original sponsors for OMTO Yoga Festival and the Fit for Fall Festival. Their products are certified GMP, kosher, and organic. I use Purely Natural products and think they're terrific. And as a thank you to Tonic listeners, Purely Natural is offering $10 off for orders over $50 with free shipping. The offer is good until the end of January 2018. Visit purelynatural.com and enter the code THETONIC, T-H-E space T-O-N-I-C. Joel Thuna is a master herbalist and general manager of Purely Natural. He strives to improve the quality and natural products in the market and passes along his knowledge of herbal remedies through lectures and articles. Joel's an entertaining and accessible writer, and today we're going to discuss his latest article in Tonic Magazine, all about the health benefits of milk thistle. So first off, welcome, Joel. Welcome back. Hi, Jamie. Happy to be here for another fun year. (laughs) Another fun year. Welcome. Happy New Year. So first off, milk thistle. What is it? Milk thistle is a common plant. In fact, in some areas of the world, it's considered a weed. And it's found, as I said, worldwide, everywhere it grows like a weed throughout the prairies. But it originates in Asia. It's been used for thousands and thousands of years. And what are the active components of milk thistle? What makes it so good to take? Well, the the most pharmaceutically active component is the seed. And what we do is we take the seed and it's extracts from the seed that are used. There's a family of antioxidant compounds in the seed known as silymarin. Silymarin sounds like one compound, but it's actually a family of them, including weird sounding things like silibin, parasilibin, silabinin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All in the same family. All in the same family. And they've been found to be incredibly strong antioxidants. But beyond that, they found to be very, very, very active when it comes in the area of toxins. Okay. So it can help various of the functions that our body does. So let's just start. I understand that it's good for liver. Yeah. Its primary use has been for centuries having to do with liver health. Okay. The compounds, the antioxidants in silymarin, 
what they actually do is rather fascinating when it comes to the liver. They protect the liver from toxins. And, and just to understand quickly, our liver is the toxic filter of our Right. Body. I was going to say, doesn't the liver protect the body from toxins? Well, it protects it, but at the same time, it stores them. So as you get more and more toxins in you, the liver itself stores a certain percentage of them. So it is protecting you while at the same time sacrificing itself, right. for lack of a better phrase. Okay. What, Taking one for the team. <laughs> essentially, yes. And what silymarin does is fascinating in the fact that it helps the body stop putting those toxins to the liver to begin with. It helps the body remove those toxins before they can actually get to the liver in some cases. In other cases, what it actually does is it helps the liver actually eject those toxins into your waste stream so that you urinate them out or they go out through the feces so they're effectively removed from your body. So it's assisting in the process, practically. It does. In some ways, it prevents. In other ways, it assists. Another key function of it is it actually helps repair liver tissue. So it can actually break down bad tissue and help the body create new tissue to repair damage that had already happened in the past. Wow. Okay. So in addition to the liver, I understand it can help people who are suffering from diabetes. Is that correct? Yes. Part of the way it works with diabetes is, is along the same lines. It helps protect the liver, which helps other things work better because insulin's involved in the whole process. Right. And in such, it sounds like it's almost a periphery, but because diabetes is so damaging and it's such a scourge of our modern lifestyle, the little periphery that it does actually has a huge impact in protecting us. Okay. And I understand that it's also good with your gallbladder. So yeah. can you explain that? What does the gallbladder do? The gallbladder helps our bodies digest fats. Okay. Essentially, that's what it does. You may know, I know many people, including my wife, who doesn't have a gallbladder anymore. They had issues and they had to have it removed. So you can live a very productive life without one. But my wife, for example, has to be very careful about what she eats. Right. Because now that she doesn't have one, if she has too much fat, oh my God, it's brutal. It, it's digestive hell. Right. But what ends up happening is with, with milk thistle, milk thistle helps your body produce less cholesterol, and cholesterol is a type of fat. So by producing less cholesterol, your body doesn't have to handle as much, your gallbladder doesn't have to handle as much, so it lowers the burden on the gallbladder, helping the gallbladder function better. So does it affect both the good and the bad cholesterol, or does it just affect the, what is it, the LDL and the HDL? HDL is good for you, LDL right. is bad for you. Right. It's primarily LDL, there is okay. some minor effect on HDL. Oh, okay. But it's minor. And you assert that milk thistle can even help you if, God forbid, you have cancer. Is that true? Correct. There's a lot of research, although it is still preliminary. Oh, so let's be, let's be careful about how we're, how we're parsing yes, this. Definitely. Definitely. I want to be upfront as we can be. There's a lot of research, but it is preliminary, showing that components in milk thistle right. actually help slow down and stop proliferation of some cancer lines. Wow. They actually also, in some cases, not for all cancers, but in some cases have shown that they can cause atosis, which is essentially that the, the cancerous cell, for lack of a better phrase, commits suicide. Wow. <laughs> they implode on themselves. That's incredible. So at your facilities, because you, know, you create a lot of these products, are you actually producing milk thistle where, where you are? We do. We produce it in two different formats. We produce a liquid extract for people who don't like 
capsules, tablets, etc. And the second thing we do is we actually just started producing a little while ago. We were really excited to find this. We produce the only certified organic milk thistle extract capsule in the world. Wow. Made right here in Canada. That's incredible. Are there any contraindications? So like if I'm taking milk thistle, is there anything I need to be concerned about in terms of other things that I might be taking or does it not work well or does it work well with, with other products? There are no huge concerns with it. It's a very safe product. However, what we do recommend just to be safe, we say anyone who is involved with and taking it because of any liver issue or cancer or gallbladder issue to talk to their doctor first. Of course. If you're taking it for general detoxification, general good health, and there's nothing wrong per se, right. there's no issue. But if you're taking it for a specific concern, we say to talk to your doctor first. And that dovetails with, with my last question for today, and that is, we've talked about all the particular ailments, but if you're, is this an herb or uh, an extract that you can just take if you don't have any of these particular issues? Is it just generally good for you to take? Oh, definitely. Because we're bombarded by literally tens of thousands of toxins every day, it's just a good thing to help your body rid them of them. Incredible. Well, thank you for coming into the show today. We're going to have you back next month. You're coming back, right? Definitely. Always happy to. What do you want to talk about next month? Next month, I'd love to talk about the hottest new trend, activated charcoal. Fantastic. And there's ice cream that they have downtown you can get with charcoal. Is that, is that what we're talking about? That's part of it. And I must say it's darn tasty. Excellent. Mm. We've got to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to give you the top tips for reducing sugar on the tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to another sponsor, WeVibe, creators of the Couples Vibrator. WeVibe designs premium products that work with your body to enhance pleasure and intimacy for couples. Their line of vibrators is one of the most recognized and respected. With a team of world-class designers working closely with experts in sexuality, health and wellness, WeVibe continues to set new industry standards for designing intimate products that work beautifully in sync with the human body. Want to infuse more passion and connect with your partner in exciting new ways? Go to WeVibe.com. I'd also like to thank the Benvenuto Group. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. My next guest is naturopathic doctor Jody Larry. For over a decade, Jody has brought hundreds in Toronto back to life by sharing her passion and experience of what living holistically really looks like. Through her busy private practice, wellness studios and corporations, Jody shares her philosophy about clean, wholesome diets and self-care practices that inspires mind-body health and well-being. Welcome, Jody. Hi, how are you? Good. 
I think some people arch their eyebrows when they're told a certain types of food are bad for them. A whole generation of kids were forced to eat margarine because fat from meat and dairy was branded, you know, unhealthy. And the new bugaboo is sugar. Mm-hmm. You're here to tell us why sugar is bad, right? Yep. Okay. So let's start with the physiological elements of why sugar is bad for you. Okay. Your view is sugar affects the brain. It doesn't just affect our digestive system. It it gets into our brain. So explain what you mean by that. Okay. It affects every aspect of our being. But why sugar is such a challenge for so many people? And I know we talked last time about what sugar was, but I'm just going to redefine it so that people understand because there's oftentimes confusion around what is sugar. Because sugar isn't everything per se. When I'm talking about sugar, I'm talking about refined sugar. Right. So the obvious cookies and cakes, but also, you know, anything white. So a white bagel is the same as a cookie and salt, regular table salt. The third ingredient is sugar as well. So all your chips and all that stuff, that's also going to run under the same umbrella. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to define that. So sugar is very addictive to the brain and that's why a lot of people get into trouble with it, right? They start these New Year's resolutions or they, you know, want to quit or they want to stop and then... You know, they have a little bit, and the next thing they know, everything's gone. All of their goals are gone. Right. Because sugar does a few things. So first and foremost, when we do eat refined sugar, we get an increase in our blood sugar. So our blood sugar goes up, Mm -hmm. which is not great for things like diabetes and heart disease. Then we get a huge rush of serotonin and dopamine in the brain. But those are good things, right? They are good things, but it's short-lived. Okay. Okay? So a drug like cocaine will also increase the serotonin and dopamine in your brain and make you feel good. So it's actually similar. And studies have actually shown that sugar and drugs like cocaine affect the brain in the exact same way and have these same type of addictive properties. There's actually a really interesting study done. I'm not sure if anyone um, has seen the movie Fed Up. But if you're listening, you really should look it up. It's on Netflix right now. It's brilliant. And they did a study where they showed that sugar actually affects and lights up the same part of the brain that cocaine does. And wow. that's why it's so addictive. But only for a fraction of the cost. But <laughs> Yes, for a fraction of the cost. And you're not going to get you know the same effect. But it does have that serotonin dopamine. So that's why right. it becomes addictive. No, it's scary. So the serotonin dopamine, you know, they release. You feel good for a... 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but then we get that sharp crash. Mm-hmm. And when we crash down from sugar, we can tend to feel irritable and moody. We can get foggy-headed. Some people can even get, you know, tempered. So what most people do is they then eat more without even knowing it. And then right. they're on this roller coaster all day long. So it's up and down and up and down. And that up and down is up in energy, up in mood for 20 minutes and then down and they're feeling worse. And then they're chasing the sugar, chasing the sugar, chasing the sugar. So, you know, what I see is when clients come off of sugar for a period of time, they actually start to realize, wow, I'm not as anxious as I thought I was. I'm not as moody as I thought I was. I have husbands email me, you know, saying thank you for getting my wife off sugar. Yeah, my wife is More listening level. to this right now. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure she's convinced that my moodiness is attributable to too much sugar. It could be. It could be. Well, no, there's so many factors. There are. My personality is very complex. Could be. But I'm telling you right now, even with a complex personality, even with stress and busyness, Eating sugar will affect your mood, will addict to the brain, and will cause these up and downs in energy and mood. 
Okay, so so knowing what we now know about sugar, yeah. what can we do? How do we deal with it? Okay, so I wish that I could say, you know, reduce your sugar intake. Unfortunately, with refined sugar, so the things I defined, you know, the obvious cookies, cakes, the white products, the salt, all that stuff. You know, it's hard for me to say this because it's hard for people to do, right. but you really do have to get it out because the second it's in your system, screws, excuse my language, you're screwed right? because of that addictive nature. So it's not about putting a teaspoon in your coffee instead of two. Right. The second you put half a teaspoon in, your brain addicts. You go up, you go down, you want to be high, up high. Again. I've cut all sugar out of my coffee. Okay, amazing. And now, and, but now I hate coffee, which is a sad story. Sorry, I had to yeah, add that that's in. that's okay. That's so okay. Are, are you suggesting cold turkey, though? Is that what you're saying? It is kind of the only way. You really have to get the sugar out for the addiction to stop and for the brain to stop craving it. It's not about willpower. So many people think, you know, I have no willpower of sugar. I'm addicted to sugar. I'm dependent on sugar. It's not about willpower. No one has the willpower to do it. The second it's running through your brain and through your system and that initial serotonin and dopamine are being increased and then dropped, your brain just wants that high again. So you really, yes, unfortunately, you do have to go cold turkey or minimize it for, you know, get, eliminate it for, say, a one to two week period of time and then have it once in a while. Okay, so let, let's, we have about a minute left. Yes. Let's talk practically. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into this more next time. Yeah, but for sure. For the last minute, let's just discuss if you wanted to reduce your sugar for, for yeah. a two week period, what's the best things that you could do okay. to do that? So. Say you're going to still drink coffee. Okay. Okay. So you don't want to put sugar in anymore. You could put things in like pure raw honey. Mm -hmm. So not a Billy Bee, but, you know, a unpasteurized raw honey to right. sweeten it up. You could use 100% pure maple syrup, although honey is a little bit of a better alternative. I find right. the maple syrup is a bit sweeter. Things like coconut sugar are great, too, because mm -hmm. coconut sugar is natural, comes from the coconut plant, and the glycemic index is very low, meaning it doesn't raise your blood sugar so high like su refined sugar will. Right. And lastly, um, there's a product called Stevia. Right. It has a little bit of a weird aftertaste. Yeah, I'm, I don't dig the stevia. Yeah, some people do, some people don't, but that is another alternative you can use. And one thing I do want to say, I know we don't have much time, but don't use chemical sweeteners, aspartame, etc. Right. Those things are worse for you than sugar. It's pure chemicals. So you want to stick with the more natural alternatives that have a lower glycemic index that aren't going to raise your blood sugar and start the whole addictive cascade. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for coming in today. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the cookbooks that help you achieve your health and wellness goals, all on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Purica. Purica wants you to turn its protein into your power. A blend of the finest vegan protein and the antioxidant powerhouse that is the pure chaga mushrooms. Purica Power features ingredients and enzymes designed to optimize digestion and absorption. Unlike many protein powders, Purica Power tastes great with water and mixes easily. It's available in chocolate, vanilla, and natural unflavored. From the Purica family to yours, Purica Power is a new way to make the most of every day. It's all part of the Purica commitment to making a positive difference in the lifestyle of its customers. Ask your favorite health food store for Purica Power Vegan Protein or visit Purica.com. Purica, nature, science, you. Hi, I'm Jamie Busson. I'm the publisher of Tonic Magazine and the host of The Tonic. I just wanted to remind you that The Tonic Talk Show is brought to you by Tonic Magazine. 
Tonic is a health and wellness publication that I've been putting out for over 10 years. We're available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods, all in Toronto. You can learn more about the magazine by visiting our website, www.tonictoronto.com. And if you ever miss an episode of The Tonic, you can also hear it there. You're listening to The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. My next guest is the immensely popular cookbook reviewer for Tonic Magazine, who also happens to be my wife, Naomi. Hey, honey. Hi. So our last segment, Dr. Jody Larry was talking about how to reduce sugar and why it's so important. And I think a lot of people in 2018 will be actually trying to reduce sugar in their diet. Today, you're going to be going over some of the cookbooks that helps people achieve their goals in the new year. So why don't we start where we left off? Are there cookbooks out there that can help you reduce sugar? Absolutely. I have a couple really interesting and good cookbooks that I use regularly. They focus on less sugar and also alternative flours. So less sugar, more natural sugars, and generally healthier baking recipes. One of them is called Better Baking by Genevieve Co. And the other is Baking with Less Sugar by Joanne Chang. Both of these people are experienced cookbook authors. Books really good. So have you made anything from any of these books? Yeah, I mean, I think the favorite thing that I made from the Better Baking book was an olive oil, lemon curd, and almond flour layer cake. It was so good. I was a bit skeptical. I was wondering if that was going to work. It had no dairy, no gluten. Excellent cake. Everybody's favorite when I made it for a family meal. Yeah, actually, I do remember that one. That was a good one. Some people won't be opting to reduce sugar. They're maybe looking to reduce their meat intake in 2018. So there may be more vegetable focus. So what cookbooks would you recommend in that regard? There's lots of options. You can go with a vegan cookbook or vegetarian cookbook, which obviously has no meat. Right. But even general cookbooks that I see have vegetarian sections or lots of really interesting vegetables. So a lot of options out there. In terms of plant-based meals or vegan or vegetarian cookbooks. There's a number of really good Canadian ones. Oh, How She Glows, really popular book. Also, The First Mess, Canadian by Laura Wright. Really great, great cookbooks. Use them, even though we're not vegetarian, but no, we, we like to not. cook. <laughs> we are not, but I I force you yes, <laughs> to you do. Uh, eat vegetarian sometimes, and everybody likes it. You know, it's they're true. good. I made from the first mess cookbook, I had made a chickpea and vegetable stew with dumplings. It was completely vegan and it was excellent. Great for the winter. One. Yep. Very hearty. Mm-hmm. I also made, there's a new cookbook by Deborah Madison, who is sort of the queen of vegetarian cookbook and cooking, sorry. And she has a new cookbook called In My Kitchen, which right. has a number of her favorite recipes. Made a carrot soup, which is simple. Great for the winter. Just We've made, made that it. one twice, right? Yeah, we made that one twice. Even for company. Even, <laughs> even, even for, for people we care about. <laughs> yes. Okay. It was a big success. So you, you previously mentioned, you know, there are some cookbooks that aren't necessarily vegan or vegetarian, but they have excellent vegetable dishes. And I think the one I think you're thinking of in particular is the Jelena cookbook. Is that right? Yes. Jelena is a restaurant in Venice Beach, California, which I haven't been to. I have been you there. You have been there. Yes. And because you were so excited about it, and I saw when the cookbook came out a couple years ago, I bought it. And it's true. The vegetable dishes are excellent in this book. Worth getting. 
some restaurant cookbooks are a bit too chefy to cook right. at home, and there is a little bit of that in the cookbook, but absolutely a great cookbook worth getting, great vegetable dishes. I'd say one of the things that I've made, which is a minor thing, but he has a recipe for crispy fried shallots on top of salad. I've made those fried shallots a bunch of times. Really delicious little crunch to add to salads and vegetable dishes. Right. So I'm, I'm going to step in here and say deep fried shallots aren't necessarily <laughs> what you first think of when you think of health food. But if it gets you to eat more salad, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Then it, it is. We had deep fried shallots on top of a kale salad. Right. This is a win-win. Exactly. Okay, so we, we've covered lower sugar. We have covered less meat, more vegetables. Some people are just going to, their goal is simply to have more family meals together. So what would you recommend for them? If you're cooking with kids, there's a really great book that's come out in the end of 2017 by a woman named Amy Wimbush Burke. It's called The Simple Bites Kitchen, and she's from Montreal, I think. Simple recipes, engages the whole family. Not too simple. like Everybody will like them. It's not just kid-friendly, but I that's one that I would recommend for anybody who's looking for more family meals when they have kids. There's also a cookbook that I saw called Highly Cookable Recipes. Name is pretty self-explanatory. Right. And I thought that the recipes there also seemed very flavorful, delicious, one that I want to get. I haven't tried it yet, but I looked through it, and I thought that was one that I wanted to try. Okay. And lastly, what I think we should cover, some people decide, you know, they cook the same things over and over again, and for 2018, they may be deciding to try a new cuisine. So would you recommend any cookbooks that might not be on everybody's list that have sort of unique cuisines? Sure. So I recently got a book called Made in India by Mira Sadha, Indian cuisine. Sometimes the trying new cuisines seem a bit scary. There's all these ingredients you have to get or utensils that you don't have. This one, I looked through it and I thought, well, why not? Everything was available at the grocery store and I made a number of things, including naan. Yes, you Uh, did. We made a paneer dish, the chili fried paneer, even the rice dishes were really excellent. So it was fun to try something new, had a bit of time. But honestly, these, these are dishes that you could make anytime if you wanted to. So also, if you want Korean, there's a book called Koreatown that's been very well thought of. Chinese food, the fat rice cookbook, also something new. And then another thing I thought of is people sometimes are afraid of yeast and baking. They're not sure what to do. Definitely fun to cook with yeast, learn to bake some bread, and there's a lot of books out there. A lot of cookbooks will have yeast recipes, and you can definitely follow those recipes. Just pay attention to the details. But you could also just buy a bread-baking cookbook and read it and really up your technique. Fantastic. Thanks for coming in today. We're for sure obviously going to have you back because, you know, it's one of the rules of the marriage (laughs) that you have to be on the show. But our show's done for today. I want to thank everybody for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on zoomerradio.ca and thetonic.ca. For articles written by our guests Joel Thuna and Naomi Bussin, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at www.tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic, when we'll get a second opinion on the opioid crisis. We'll learn how to train for winter sports and activities, and we'll discuss urban living of the future. This is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program.
This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.